there, Internet. Welcome back to the Stakes After Dark, or SAD. I'm Holly Anderson, MTV's Director of Politics and News, coming to you live from Las Vegas, where we have just witnessed, end of the March, ladies, the final presidential debate of the 2016 election. Pause for massive, heaving sobs. I'm joined here tonight by MTV Special Projects Editor Taylor Trudon. She is also the founder of our MTV Founders platform. And we're going to talk tonight about a group of voters that people seem to like to talk about, but don't have a lot of real interest in talking to. Since the demise of Bernie Sanders' campaign, uh, the youth vote just keeps getting decentered. you know, just keeps getting pushed out. We're not doing a lot of talking about issues that matter to young people with young people. Tay, would you agree that a lot of people seem to be talking about what kids these days will vote for without ever actually asking the kids themselves? I feel like that's the story of their lives, uh, talking about young people instead of talking to them. Um, And this election cycle has been no exception. And I think that we saw this once again in this last debate. What are, now I should start by saying, damning with faint praise, we actually heard some policy debate tonight. We have been screaming for this. America has been clamoring for this. In the 11th fucking hour, we got around to hearing what these candidates for president might actually do if they were elected president. Uh, One of them stopped talking about his dick long enough. Chris Wallace stopped asking Hillary about her emails for long enough. And we got to hear some actual substantive answers. Some. Tay, what was an issue that came up tonight that you thought actually might speak to young people's concerns about the coming government? So first and foremost, it was one of the first things that they talked about, but women's reproductive rights and abortion. And it's something that I noticed college students and high school students were really vocal about tonight on Twitter. It was kind of like a hell yes, they're finally talking about this. Um, And we saw first up with Hillary saying her support for Planned Parenthood, um, not just you know, with abortions, but with other resources that it provides. So she spoke about that. And one of the things that I think stuck out was that she said, I will defend women's rights to make their own health care decisions. Whereas Trump, he completely avoided that. And it seems like he fundamentally literally doesn't understand how abortions work, much less other things. We're going to return to Hillary in a minute because she brought up an aspect of the abortion discussion that is incredibly prevalent if you or anyone you know has ever actually gone through this. And it doesn't get discussed a lot in the political sphere. But let's not leave this moment behind without pointing out that Donald Trump described what he called a partial birth abortion. And I think, does he think that a C-section is an abortion? Because that is what he was describing. He quote said, ripping baby from the womb in nine nine months. Taylor, I'm I'm not a doctor. I'm not a midwife. I'm not a doula. I'm pretty sure if you take a baby out of the mother two, three days before it's supposed to be born, like Trump was saying, that's a C-section. That's an actual baby. When it comes out, that's not how any of this works. No. Okay. Glad we could clear that up. I actually want to talk about something very serious for a moment because there was a moment in Hillary's answer on abortion 
that kind of floored me. I don't recall ever seeing it on this level of a stage before where she said abortion, and I'm quoting here, is one of the worst choices a woman and her family has to make. That's true. You know, we talked offline before this show. Um, you know, a couple of us have friends who have gone through these late stage partial birth abortions where, you know, in one case we were discussing, it's an ectopic pregnancy. The baby has died. The mother is actively dying Nobody wants to go through this. Nobody's out there rubbing their hands together like Scrooge fucking McDuck going, golly, I just can't wait to get my uterus scraped today. Right after my haircut and before I go to the mall, it sounds like a really good time to go get an abortion. Yeah, yeah. just nice little Wednesday. Right. I the It was really refreshing to see someone acknowledge on that level of a stage that this is not something that anybody actually wants to do. It's true. And that's all I wanted to say. I thought it was very moving to see a president, and figures that it's the first female presidential candidate from a major party, to address the fact that this is a very painful time. You know, it's like we were talking about the youth vote. When you talk about abortion rights, you talk a lot about women, and you don't talk a lot to women. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And again, it just further highlights that Trump literally doesn't understand how women's reproductive rights work or processes like abortion and the effects that it has on a woman. So that was early in the night. Let's move on as the debate spiraled rapidly downhill to what was another issue that maybe came up later in the debate that you think will resonate with your young audience? I think definitely immigration, as much of our audience are immigrants or their parents are immigrants. So this is something that's kind of hitting close to home for many of them. Uh, Hillary started off by saying that she would absolutely implement um, an immigration law within her first 100 days. And again, she referenced the injured five-year-old Syrian boy, uh, the viral photo of him being- The kid in Aleppo. Yes, (laughs) exactly. Um, And she referenced him and she's used him as a talking point before in many of her speeches and I think in the other debates as well. And she just said, you know, how could you refuse to let mothers and their children enter a country when they don't mean any harm? Taylor, what was Trump's approach to this question? Well, it was definitely not that. He, again, reiterated that he is going to build a wall. I'm curious to know how tall the wall is going to be um, and that he will stop the drug lords. Wait, what did he say? The bad drug lords? The bad lords? drug lords. The, the bad drug ones. lords, the bad ones. The good ones, I guess, are Big Pharma. Right. That's what it seems to be. <laughs> That's also as close as we're going to get to seriously addressing the opioid crisis from his campaign, I guess. Right. And lest you think at home that we're sitting here ready to prop up Hillary at every turn and denigrate Trump for every single misstep, neither candidate has what I think would be an extremely promising position on immigration. You know, Hillary is talking a better game than Trump is, obviously, but lest we fucking forget, our own Doreen St. Felix has written a beautiful piece that I invite you guys to go back and read. It's from May. It's called Women and Children First. It's about the racist and sexist enforcements of immigration and customs. Mm -hmm. And President Obama, and this doesn't get talked about enough, I guess, because it's not convenient to pillory him for on Fox News, and liberals don't want to pillory him Mm -hmm. for it, has deported millions and millions of people like this this fantasy that republicans can get away with foisting upon obama because he has brown skin that he's opened the borders and let these people pour in look up the deportation rates 
under ICE, under Immigration and Customs Enforcement, women and children are being targeted, like specifically targeted in these raids. So I will believe that policy from Hillary when I see it, because when she talks about continuing the policies of Barack Obama, this is a big one that she's going to need to be held to account for. And I think that's worth noting because, you know, I have looking at my notes that I was taking during the debate and I just have, she says that she has an immigration law that she's going to implement, but we yeah, don't know what that what's entails. What's an immigration law? Right. She returns right now to go to HillaryClinton.com and look right. at her platform. But if she is purporting in this case, as she is in so many other platforms to the positive, you know, to be a continuation of the Obama administration, this is one of those times where it's, you know, it's worth pointing out that our job as citizens doesn't end when we pick a president. She's going to need to be held to account for this because this is a major policy of the Obama administration that is bullshit. Okay, end rant from me. Um, Tay, anything else that came up during the debate tonight that you think the founders audience especially responded to? Yeah, there were a bunch of issues that came up. One in particular was gun control. Hillary said specifically that she supports the tradition of gun ownership, but that there must be reasonable regulation. That monster. What a nasty woman. A very nasty woman. Uh, How about Trump? Trump, um, on the other hand, he was gloating that he had the endorsement of the NRA. He was one of the first or the earliest, he said, to have that endorsement and that he absolutely supports the Second Amendment. Surprise. He basically also alluded to the fact that the violence in Chicago proves that gun control doesn't stop crime. So the Republican nominee's solution to rampant murders in Chicago is more guns. Right. And he's basically more concerned with immigrants coming in and killing our kids than he is with actual guns doing that. Taylor, where was the shooter of the Pulse nightclub massacre in Orlando born? Queens. Is that in New York? That is. Cool. No, cool. Not moving on. One more thing. Um, Hi, it's me. Speaking from somewhere over to the right of the perch of most of my staff, can I just send out a little plea into the void here that one of the big groups in America that gets sidelined so frequently in this discussion is happy-go-lucky gun owners like me who aren't shit crazy? I have guns. I like them. I enjoy shooting. I was raised shooting. I have guns that have names. My mother has guns that have names. Background test the shit out of me. I have to be fingerprinted to take my godson's preschool class to the petting zoo. And I don't have to be fingerprinted to buy a gun. Are you fucking kidding me? America. Okay, I got those feelings out. Thank you. I'm glad. The the fingerprinting thing always trips me up. Let's end tonight by talking a little bit about things that we didn't hear. We have now been through hours and hours and what feels like days of these debates without hearing a serious examination of climate change as we sit here in this 100-degree desert. We have not heard... I didn't think any, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, assertions from either of these candidates on what they plan to do about student debt. And that's one thing that our campus ambassador from Brandeis University, he took over our founder's Twitter account tonight and he said, what am I going to do about my student debt? How do I get rid of that? There have been no solutions. So. Do you guys want us to live long enough to pay off your social security olds or do you not? Do you want us to prop you up in your dotage or do you not? 
And those are bad. Like, I'm not, there's a but coming, but I just want to say that these are huge issues. It is very odd that in an election, as we said at the top of the show, that purportedly centers the youth vote, that we don't hear about issues like this. I feel like these fell way off the table when the Bernie Sanders campaign imploded. They have not yet been brought back to the forefront in any meaningful way by either party, and it is a shame. However, everything that got said tonight good and bad, pales next to a moment in the middle of the debate when Chris Wallace asked Donald Trump if, contrary to his comments on Twitter and in the media in the past couple weeks, he would accept on November 8th the results of the Democratic election. And Trump said, I will have to look at it at the time, and then said, I'm going to keep you in suspense. He said it twice. It's worth noting. He, he meant it. Mm-hmm. Our producer, Mukta Mohan, who is sitting off mic tonight, made an excellent point as we were watching this, that here is a man who has never in his life had to suffer the consequences of his words. Ever. And on election night, it's going to get a lot of people hurt. I am terribly, terribly afraid that it's going to get a lot of people hurt. And I know that you and I were talking about this on our drive to Vegas, but it also goes to show that whether Trump wins or loses, the nightmare is still just beginning because who knows how he's going to react afterwards. Yeah, I said this in the summer and it was, you know, it was just a toss off. It was something I didn't really think about. But I remember sitting around in the convention war room and going, I'm not worried about him winning. I'm worried about what happens if he doesn't. that grim note. We're going to wrap up this edition of Stakes After Dark, which I remind you is abbreviated sad for a reason. We will be back with you in less than 48 hours on Friday with our regular Stakes episode. Until then, uh, I don't know, go find an ice block to lie down or something. It's hot outside. And stay nasty. Stay nasty, internet. We love you. <laughs>